Hi everybody, this is Jason from Cornerstone Dog Training and CornerstonePuppy.com and today I've got something special for you. I received a ton of questions that, that are vet questions and whenever people ask us vet questions, we're always like, you know what, we're not vets <laughs> because it's a totally different field and we, we just don't have all the answers. We can, you know, repeat things we've heard but we don't have all the answers. So today I am here in the office of Dr. Lillenquist of Animal Medical Clinic uh, an awesome vet, our favorite one around, um, to talk to him and ask some questions that we hope will be helpful to you with your puppy. So Dr. Joe, as everyone loves to call you, um, he's so respected and just beloved in the community. How how long have you been doing? I've been, been a veterinarian vet? for 42 years. 42 years. 42. years. I hate to say it, but that's longer than I've been alive. Yeah. <laughs> That's common. <laughs> what what was it that got you into being a vet? Was there like a, a moment? Was there an well, inspiration? Or? I uh, I grew up in Ogden, and my dad was a vet. And my first job was scooping poop and cleaning cages. <laughs> and that made and you so want to do it? I swore I would never <laughs> be a vet. <laughs> but as I you know as I grew older and went to college, I. I went to college on a football scholarship and thought I was going to be a coach and stuff. But then, then I kind of looked back and I thought, well, you know, that might not be such a bad way to go. And uh, so I changed my major and and uh, went to veterinary school and ended up where I am. Here you are. Did you always grow up in this area? I mean, you're in Ogden. You grew up in Ogden. So um, what's that, like 15 minutes from Yeah. So, yeah, um, 15, 20 minutes. So it was, it was just kind of like a moment where it wasn't like an exact moment. It was kind of like, oh, I just kind of worked on you until you got there. Yeah. All right. Um, is there a part of it that like you find even now, 42 years later, it's super fulfilling? Like what, what part of the job really stands out to you that way? The, the funnest part about the job is the people. And it's uh, every single day is a different experience and a different uh a different feel you know some days we'll have uh the, our first appointment will come in and it's a dog that's been run over by a car mm. and the people are sobbing and the dog doesn't make it and it ruins the tone for everyone for the whole day and it's and it's just sad and then then the next day will come and the first three appointments are brand new puppies and the people are so proud and happy and and then everybody's bubbly and so it's it's kind of like it's just kind of like a comparison to life you know there there's good things every day and and stressful situations and and it's pretty much uh you know the the hardest thing to explain to people is uh you know, a, a dog's pretty much just like another child in your family. And they, you know, they worship you and look up to you. And and if you're a good example, they, their personalities turn out great and they're good citizens in the community. Yeah. And if they don't get attention, they're just like a criminal in your neighborhood, you know. And it's, yeah. and it's a frustrating thing. You know, it's interesting from a training standpoint, that's kind of, when people ask me, like, 
do you just love dogs? I do. I love dogs. But I, I love people. And that's, it's, it's funny that you say that because I would think, well, a veterinarian, you're working with animals. And I would assume mostly dogs around here um, and cats. And you're just working with animals a lot. But I tell my trainers over and over again, you've got to be excellent at training dogs. But you've got to be better at training people. Yeah. Because if you, you don't train people... It's not going to stick. Just like what you, what you said, right? You, you're teaching them to be a model citizen, by the way. Well, what you live. We get, we get kids. We, we have volunteers in here from the high school. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, they want to be veterinarians. And, and so they'll sit down and say, you know, I've always loved animals. And I want to I help animals and stuff. And, but I always stop them and say, you, you, you always, you know, it's kind of understood that that you love animals but you gotta love people because there's not one animal that walks through our door that's not attached on the other end of the leash to Mm -hmm. a person yeah and if you don't like communicating with people and interacting with people it you'll fail and not because you don't love love animals right yeah because uh and but it's pretty much true Whatever you choose in life, you know you got to Dentist can be awesome at being a dentist, yep. but they don't—they're not good with people. They're yep. not going to last very long. No, it's uh, it's as you get older and you get more experience, you just uh, those are some of the things that sometimes younger people don't consider. Yeah, and uh, in, in looking at that job. Okay, random question for you: um, Do you have a favorite dog book? Uh, not really. Uh, I really like your book. <laughs> um, yeah, that wasn't meant to be a, a plug for our book, actually. But, um, in fact, I, I just, I'm listening to Where the Red Fern Grows right now. And so I was like, oh, man, I wonder what his favorite dog book is. Well, I, in that, I thought you meant dog training book. No, no, just dog book. But I loved uh, old Dan and little Ann. Yeah. And I read that to every one of my kids. Oh, did you? You read yeah. it? Uh, where the red fern grows. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm really enjoying it. So that's funny that you. Yeah, you'll love that book. Um, okay, let's talk. Um, let's talk health a little bit. So one of the major things that um, people worry about with a brand new puppy is parvo. Do you want to explain what that is and kind of talk to us about that? Yeah, and it's uh, a lot of the diseases that you see in in dogs are viral. And and viruses are smaller particles than bacteria, but the but the interesting thing about them is there are usually no antibiotics or treatments for them. If you contract one of those, um, like distemper or parvovirus, there's not a there's not an antibiotic that'll cure it. Mm-hmm. And many times they're fatal, especially in young puppies. I uh, we had a breeder come in here just a couple of weeks ago, and they. You know, they gave their own vaccinations at home, and they must have not administered them right or something because there's a whole litter of puppies that they had came down with parvovirus, and I think three of them died, some of them. But the younger they are when they contract a disease like parvovirus, uh, the more fatal it is. But here's the interesting thing. Immunization doesn't start when the puppy's eight weeks old or anything. It starts from when they're born and before they're born. If their mother 
was immunized for parvovirus and distemper. She actually immunizes those babies through her colostrum in her milk mm-hmm. by nursing until they're old enough to produce their own antibodies at about eight weeks old, and then they can start vaccinations. But if you have a puppy that's born to a mother that's not up to date on vaccinations, those puppies are just out, yeah, out blowing in the wind as far as being susceptible to those things. And here's the thing. They don't have to be exposed to a sick dog to pick those things up. Parvoviruses shed through the feces. And if you have kids in your home and they're coming home from school and they shuffle their feet through the grass where a sick dog's gone to the bathroom, they'll bring that virus home to your house. Your dogs will smell it on their feet and sniff them and lick them. And they're, they're, they're exposed without ever being in contact with a sick dog. And then distemper, which is the other one that's uh, highly fatal, is more of a respiratory thing where where if you have stray dogs wandering around your back fence, even if they're not in your yard and they're coughing or hacking, your dog can pick up that distemper virus without direct contact with them. And so that's that's why vaccinations are so important is it's not... uh, it's not a gimmick, and it's not something that someone's trying to sell you, but it's, but these are life and death things. And, and the sad thing is there's enough people that don't immunize and, and whatnot that we never eradicate those diseases. Yeah, they never just go, go away. So if, so if somebody's nervous about that, what can they do? to be prepared and to be careful because I've got seven kids. Right. There's going to be poop coming in my house, right? No, right. All you, it, it's, it's such an easy thing to just immunize. And so you, you say they're good up till eight weeks pretty much? Yes. Well, see, the, here's what happens with vaccinations. Uh, if, you, if you have a puppy that was born and the mother died the same day it was born yeah. uh, and it never nursed or anything, uh, that puppy doesn't have any antibodies. Colostrum from milk transfers antibodies from the mother to the nursing baby, whether it's a human or a dog. And so uh, that's why, you know, that's why we like the mothers immunized because then they're actually immunizing those babies. But if you have a three-week-old puppy that never nursed from its mother, you can't take it to the vet and say, vaccinate this dog because their body's not... their body's not in the state where they can produce antibodies to where you inject a vaccine. That's and that happens start around producing. eight weeks or so. Then. Yeah, then their bodies are, are mature enough to produce their own antibodies. And usually, people always ask, we, we get this asked every day, but when, if we got a new puppy, when can we have it be around other dogs? And usually I tell them at about 12 weeks after they've had two sets of vaccinations, usually they're pretty protected pretty from from anything in the neighborhood or around and you can or you can take them to the dog park or whatever but before that it you just need to be a little bit careful so we hear that a lot from people saying hey i've got this puppy we definitely need training but we're worried about parvo we've never had a parvo issue at, at our facility at our place but um that's actually one of the main reasons we did the book and the online training was so that people could start because the day your dog comes home, it's, you start training. Yeah. Right? So that's exactly why we did it. 
so that people could say, you know what, I'm nervous about this. Let's go ahead and work on this, and you can start from day well, one. Well, here's a here's something I noticed, Jason. In about 1980, that see, parvovirus hasn't been around forever. Really, it it, it they feel like it was a uh, you know a mutation of a virus that was carried by seals or sea lions on the coast, and these sea lions would die and be washed up, and the dogs would eat the carcasses and stuff, and they picked it up. But until about 1980, there was no, no such thing as parvovirus. And so when we first saw these dogs come in, they would come in and just violent symptoms like vomiting blood, yeah. uh, having blood in their Your first stools. few years, right? Yeah, and so, uh, and we had no vaccine. So the, we had we would have on a on a routine day we'd have like maybe three or four dogs on IVs and the only way you can treat them is is supportive which means you give them IV fluids and try to keep them hydrated and try to build their body up so they can fight it off mm-hmm. and I would say and some of them would be here for like a week and then they would die mm-hmm. or and and when you'd walk in the building you could just smell that smell of digested blood that was being squirted out of these sick dogs mm. and uh and it was just a real hard thing uh and before the vaccines were uh made we had a vaccine it was called mink enteritis there was some disease in mink that was <laughs> similar to uh I, I love that a vet's ringtone is a dog bark <laughs> let me just tell her that but anyway uh they had a vaccine for this mink enteritis, and so we would buy this because it was recommended that it might give some cross immunization. And so we gave it to the dogs, and I don't think it was very effective. It's it was very painful. The dogs would scream when we give the shot, mm-hmm. and I don't know I don't know any statistics on if dogs that were vaccinated against that actually were protected. But once they developed a vaccine, it's just like polio. It just kind of went away with people that were responsible but it's still in animals there's enough people that aren't responsible that these diseases never go away completely that's always a big question with with puppy owners is you know what you can do in in that regard so I, i suppose you just Try and be safe, especially those first couple right few weeks you have your dog and also weeks and also just when you're going to pick out a dog, I mean, I know people that rescue dogs from shelters and things like that. they don't know a past history on yeah. dogs and things like that. However, you know most of the shelters are pretty good about getting them immunized and stuff before they you know put them up for adoption and things like that but um, but they just need when they go to look for a puppy, if they're going to a breeder or a place where uh, they can ask questions. Those are the questions they should ask. Like, did this mother was this mother up to date on her vaccinations when they had these babies, and did those babies nurse? Yeah. And or I've never thought to ask that question. That's a great yeah. question. And then, uh, and then after that, just did they get vaccinations starting? A, a normal vaccination program is eight weeks, twelve weeks, and sixteen weeks. Three three doses. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's hard because, uh, you know, 
we also get a lot of backyard breeders and stuff yeah and they're they're concerned about costs and things like that so they don't bring their dogs into <laughs> veterinarians and they get their own you can buy vaccine at a feed store right and those and what you need to remember is those vaccines are temperature sensitive and if yeah if those things were left on a shelf at room temperature for too long before they were sold, uh, that's just like squirting it into the air instead yeah. of vaccinating. I've walked by those before in a store, and the fridge was left open. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's yeah, it, probably it, no good anymore. It's just not, uh, it, it, it's just hard to explain to people yeah. what, because it, it doesn't, it seems like a big expense and something that they don't want to take on but but the the biggest thing that people should realize when they get a puppy is it's a responsibility those dogs can't fend for themselves and yeah. take care of themselves and they're relying on you for protection immunization training everything yeah it's an it's an investment right yeah you're starting and, and those first that first year is so important it's not just health wise I'm I'm hearing, but training wise as yeah. well. Super important because it'll it will set the foundation for the entire, you know, ten, well, fifteen it, years you yeah, are and, together. And uh, socializing, just all of those things. If 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 you miss part of that, they're yeah. just vulnerable. If they get loose and run away from home, uh they could be yeah. in big trouble just because yeah. of something like that. We always talk about socialization gets as far as a behavior standpoint, it gets thrown around and usually not a very, it doesn't, the, the socialization that people push a lot on dogs is human socialization. We're looking for composed or exposed situations, but also composed situations. Right. We want them just to be composed and in those, be good and calm in those situations. Not and, always high energy. And, right? and Jason, you see this every day, but we, it, it, it's a pet peeve of mine. We get owners that come in here with new dogs, and they think the way they train is if the dog's not minding, they just raise their voice higher <laughs> and yell at them loud. That's not going to work. And, <laughs> and you see that every day, yeah. I'm sure. And it's just not. <laughs> it's just one not of the, the things way. we tell people constantly is, okay, talk less. Yeah. Not not just talk quieter, but talk less, because with a dog, you're if you're you're adding energy into the situation you're fighting against yourself but just your but, demeanor yeah, those but, dogs are smart and they can sense they can sense whether you're tense or whether yeah. you're calm or or anything like that and yep and it, it, it they feed off of that yeah you bet speaking of feeding let's talk nutrition is there anything if for these listeners for their their new puppies that you would say you know what nutrition wise this is really important whether it's different foods um i'm sure there's dog foods that you like better than others but like just even just generally what's what's good to well to look for the the biggest thing that uh people don't realize is they're you know they they call every day and say i'm giving this supplement for calcium or this one you know to protect my dog against something if the the main thing that people should realize when they get a new puppy is all that dog needs besides a good balanced puppy food is water the 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 good foods and by the major companies and doesn't have to be expensive and dry foods are usually better than 
then that you know they sell a lot of foods now in refrigerated sections and are mm-hmm. fresh and stuff but they've they've had many outbreaks of like e coli and things like that with those fresh foods yeah. and but it the the main the main uh dog food companies they balance their food so well you don't have to supplement with anything at all just if they're eating that food and drinking the only other thing i tell people to to use for training purposes or if they feel like they need to give some people stuff mm. are fruit and vegetables fruits and vegetables like carrots green beans cauliflower slice of apple and you'll find that your dog turns their nose up at one thing but they really you'd be amazed at how many dogs like baby carrots just raw yeah, yeah. <laughs> and all they are is fiber and water which means they're not they're not you know unbalancing their diet and they're not yeah. you know they're not making them so they won't eat their dog food but uh it's it's just something that uh it's healthy and and it doesn't mess with the other things you're trying yeah. to do with your diet a lot of times when people come for training they ask the question cuz we like to use we like to use the dog's kibble yeah. in training and so you work and you say okay we're going to work together we're going to use your food as kind of a motivator and that's how you're going to use that feeding time because every dog needs to eat as training time. And a lot of people say, well, what about dog treats? What are your yeah, thoughts and on every, treats? And every, every dog owner, they, they get so excited if they have a treat in their hand and their dog wags its tail and they get excited. Mm-hmm. But uh, many of the treats, many of the most popular treats that you buy in Petco and whatnot are... The made some of the major ingredients are fat and salt. Yeah, and the reason is those dogs just like to crave those types of yeah. things. So it's kind of like candy. Yeah, and so that that's why I say kibbles are by far the best, okay. or fruit and vegetables and everything else. I I wouldn't spend my money on treats yeah. at, at uh, the pet store just because of that. We know it, it probably won't kill them, but it's probably not. They're usually most treats I see just aren't healthy. Yeah. And I was wondering your well, opinion on plus, that. Well, plus, they're not healthy, but they also kind of suppress their appetite to their regular food. And so they think, hey, if I hold out for those treats, <laughs> I'm not going to eat that dry stuff in the dish yeah. over there. So I can and, get better. <laughs> yeah. I'll pick door number three. I'm going to starve <laughs> myself before I... Yeah, okay. So that's, you know, a lot of times there's a lot of, from a behavior standpoint, there's a lot of human guilt around our dogs right like that oh they need a treat and yeah. they need because we're thinking like humans not like dogs right right and we just want them to be as healthy as possible so that's i, I love what you said there that's that's really good um okay i just kind of wrapping things up here I, i'm curious you've been a vet for 42 years how have how have you seen things change over those 42 years well most you know for for a lot of generations, animals took on the same role in homes as livestock and things like that. Yeah. Like a dog slept outdoors and it, it never came in the house and things like that. But now, now people have realized that they're really good companions and they're yeah. good friends. And if they, uh, you know, if they fill that that void in your home some some people have situations with 
autism or, or problems with discipline in their homes. And sometimes the first thing a counselor will say is, you got to get a dog in your home. Yeah. And, uh, and people look at them like, I've got enough problems as it is. <laughs> I don't need that. <laughs> but it's, it's the best medicine there is. Yeah. Many, many times. And you know that. You've seen that a million times. But it's hard to explain. Yeah. It is a wonderful part of life. Uh, Dr. Joe, thank you. I really enjoyed talking with Thanks, you today. Chase. And uh, it, we'd, we'd love to hear e- even more questions. If you have more vet questions, we'll, we'll pull them on again and ask maybe in another few months. But um, we really appreciate your time and answering our questions. Thanks, Thanks a lot. Jason.